This is an AMI podcast. Hello? <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> Sean Priest. Yes, we are here. It is Thursday. It is the 28th of September, 2023. I say that with a query in my voice. And today we're talking about Android smartwatches. Ooh. You're listening to Double Time, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Yeah, we're all a bit distracted today, uh, partly because uh, just before we started, we uh, decided to order some food. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I get the feeling bing bong will be a thing in our oh, future. Oh, I know. I can't wait. It gets hungry, you know, making a show of this quality. Yeah, it, that's It takes right. its toll on the human body. I need to sustain Stephen Scott. Hello. Yeah. Your version of sustaining is um, rather concerning. I think you're over-sustaining. Yep. I'm just going to say it. I think you're over-sustaining. <laughs> I heard what you ordered there, and I'm thinking, wow. And I know you tell me you're ordering for the whole family. The I family, don't believe a word of it. It's a family order. Uh, let's start the show. Or have we started already? Sorry. I think, it's, I think it started, yeah. Uh, um, okay. Okay, uh, so WordPress Accessibility Day continues. Uh, and, of course, lots of you have been getting in touch already following that incredible interview with Maxwell Ivy yesterday. So, so we'll uh, get into that. Yeah, so good. So good. Because uh, we've got Max. Mm, 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 mm. Nah, nah. Is it Max the Fourth? Max the Fourth. What do you mean? I Ivy. <laughs> That's like, Thank yeah. you. Thank yeah, you. That's quite good. I, I, I did a little double for you there. I gave you applause <laughs> and laughter. Uh, we're off to a cracking start today. Do you want some? Uh, do you want some news? Oh, hang on! Before we get to the news, because of course, big news. What Stephen bought this week? Yeah, before oh. that, let's get to this. So, do you want me to open this up? Um, so here we go. Hang, oh, on. hang on! Wait, 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 wait! What? Is this what? part of the what you bought segment, or is yes. this different? No, oh, this is oh. the part. Well, what, did you hear the thing? What the thing said, bought this week. That's yeah, that. Yeah, that's, but you don't know. You, yeah, but you said before we get to this, and then you started opening. No, before that, we and get then to the put... news, because the news is coming out. A news thing. Oh, we've got news. We've got news. Is not it breaking, breaking news? No, it's not breaking news. Uh, but we have other stuff first. Look, just go with it. So this is, do what you normally do on this show. Just sit there and go with it, right? It's like he says to me before we start. Yeah. Woo, make your silly noises. It'll all be fine. Honestly, he says to me before we start, are we just going into it? Yeah, like we always do. It's a radio show. We're here. We just go. Like, I mean, you said that, and then there was about three minutes of silence, and then as soon as I say hello, the music starts. <laughs> I mean, it's a trap, I tell you. It's a trap show, honestly. Uh, right, so I'm opening up the box well. here. Let's open this up and uh, throw that away, because <laughs> who cares what's in that? Um, Cables. Oh, hello. Um, oh, oh, a little dongle. Right, okay. So this oh. is a keyboard. What? Right. Well, what a surprise. You don't right. say. <laughs> it's a nice little, key, little keyboard. Now, the thing with this keyboard is it's a keyboard with a difference. It's like you've only got half the keyboard. It's like you couldn't afford the full keyboard, so you got oh. a bit of it sent through first. Yeah, this is a keyboard that is not a QWERTY keyboard, but in fact, the right-hand side of a keyboard, an external extension of a keyboard, shall we say, Let's say you've got a MacBook, let's say you've got a PC, and you only have your average laptop-style keyboard. You maybe want to have a number pad. You maybe want to have access to the separate home and end buttons. An insert key! Cursor routing keys that are big! Well, you can buy them. You can buy these little external 
um, I guess you could call them extenders of keyboards. Great for laptops. A, a lot of people pad. use them. Steven, no, it's more than that. No, it's more. You've bought an external numpad. That's it's not, what you've bought. No, it's more Don't than try that. And, okay. All because right. you also have the little yes. pack of six keys as well. You have the little keys above that. There's actually six keys. Uh, hang on, yeah, one, two, three, four, six. Nine six. keys there. Oh. Um, and then to the le- and then underneath that, you've got the big cursor keys as well. So it's you know you, you're thinking external number pad. Yes, but it's more than that. All right, it's a big external numpad with <laughs> the cursor keys. Page up, page down, home end, yes. insert, and uh, something else. And the other stuff that's in there. Yeah. Can you name the six keys above the cursor keys? Anyone? Feedback. And at you could win a prize. Could you? Oh, what? Uh, Sean will just tell you what it is, and yeah, he'll we'll also come back to that. ship it to you. So yeah, you'll never see it. Uh, but no, it's quite cool. So I got this because. Uh, I'm going to be traveling a little bit and I'm always sitting there with my MacBook or even the PC. And sometimes I think, oh, I just want the number pad. Now, I know you can buy separate number pads and a lot of you have suggested Bluetooth numpads from companies Which like uh, Satechi. This is. It's yeah. not, well, it is that, but it's more, it's more, yeah. I tell okay. you. Okay. These cursor keys. And of course, with uh, the old numpad commander on the MacBook, this is rather nice. So yeah. Okay. Is I'm this Bluetooth or wired? Well, it's Bluetooth, but I found this dongle. Um, so I'm guessing you make? can... Uh, thing? Okay, cool. I think cool. it starts with an S. Um, I have no idea. It's, uh, it's let's just say it's um, own <laughs> brand or um, unknown brand or... Oh, it's now got a little so- space to put the USB dongle. Well, that's nice. Hang on, who's in charge of the silly sounds here? Excuse me, don't steal my job. Sorry. Union rules. Um... <laughs> It oh, sounds that's great. nice. You can put a little dongle in the back and it stays. How do you get it out again, though? Hmm. Oh, like oh, no. oh ma- it magnetizes inside. No way. No way. No way. Now, I understand the usefulness, the utility, if you will, of a number pad, right? Yes. But an external one, don't you constantly forget it? You've got to lug it around with you. I mean, yeah, come on. Well, look, we had this conversation yesterday where you admitted that you don't have anything to take anything around. You need to get yourself one of these. A bag. You've got to get a bag. Which, by the way, if you're wondering, that's not the new one I've bought. That's the same one I've used one? for day one. Uh, well, you know, I was going to buy a new one. I wanted a bigger one that could hold yes. more stuff. I've not bought one yet. I haven't decided on what it's going to be. You went through about two episodes. I know. I haven't decided yet. Getting you a bag. Well, no, it didn't get me a bag. It's not like mum took me out to buy me a bag. Well, yeah, but uh, mum of the show, Janine, she came (laughs) with the the saddlebag idea and everything. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Moving on. Uh, nice idea. That, that bag that went down the side rather than the back. That one. No, I still really don't good. get my head. I cannot get my head around this bag. And okay. even if I did, I don't think I'd want it. I think it's Janine. I hope I you love dare it. You. you love it. You continue to love it. I'm going to go for <laughs> something else. Um, I think the problem is we wouldn't be able to fit through doors if we had bags <laughs> at our sides. That's another Any more thought, than yes. we already have. That is definitely a thought. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so anyway, that's been my purchase. You're not impressed then, I'm guessing. No, that's terrible. It's almost as bad as the other purchase you've made this week. Oh, which one was that? You know which one, because you were all excited. Oh. Uh, Think clue. about it. I can't remember. Ring, ring. Ring, ring. ring. No? I honestly cannot remember what it is. <laughs> what was it? What did I buy? What have you got on your desk right now? A hotline. You bought a telephone. Oh, a phone. Yeah, a landline phone. 
Who, who has a telephone? This is this is ridiculous. It's not 1980. What's I've decided. I've decided. I want to live in the year I was born, 1981, and I want to live in Trump Tower. So that's my decision in life. I am living in Trump Tower in 1981. Is it a rotary phone? No. It, listen uh, to that. Hang on. You want to hear it? Go. Yes. Oh, listen to that. Uh, uh, hang on. Hang on. Uh, no. No. Thank you. Goodbye. Oh, look sell- at that. That's the sound of the low. future. Bye hi. That's the sound of the past, <laughs> my friend. Ah, cool. That is just that is so weird to me, though. I, I, I mean, it's weird in every sense that it does seem really retro to have a landline. Well, it is, but it's not a landline phone in the traditional sense. You know, you're not connecting this into the copper wire network. This is actually oh. connected to my internet. Uh, it's an IP phone. You actually pay for a separate VoIP service, voice over IP service. And this is really where all landline phones, if they are going to continue, will end up. This is how it will be. It will go through your broadband connection. So good and bad, because obviously that means you've got, you know, better high quality audio. You're going to get HD audio out of this rather than your traditional phone call. Um, But if your internet goes down, so does your phone. So that's interesting. I don't know how that's going to work long term. Power cuts as well, as Mm -hmm. we all know, during power cuts, you're old traditional copper landline would still be able to work so it was powered on a different thing so but, good uh, in one sense but mm. potentially dangerous in the other so this is a conversation a lot of people are having at the moment as this digital switch off can, or switch on over thing over. continues thank you under. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> under the desk, behind the thing. Um, it's happening. Yeah, it's, it's behind happening. the TV somewhere. I'll just plug it over there. <laughs> it is happening over here in the UK. There's a lot of people already, they've done quite a lot. Um, all the people on my road here where I live has been have been switched over. Um, it's all plugged into a router. Yeah, but there, there have been cases where I had a couple of examples where people have had the engineer come out to fix something, something's wrong with the broadband or whatever, and while the engineer's there, they're making the change. And, you know, to all intents and purposes, they're doing what they think is right, which is to get this person up to speed with the latest technology. But, you know, a lot of blind people, especially in the UK, I don't know what, what it's like elsewhere. Uh, you might remember this because I certainly do. One of the things I remember when I was registered blind, as we call it here in the UK, not legally blind as you would call it in the States, but uh, oh. registered blind, um, you get a big button telephone. Right, they don't anymore, I guess. But you know, you used to I get didn't a get big. One. Bu- Did you not get one? No, I'm I was given a write big... a letter to my uh, senator right now. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you how old I am. Right, so this is when you used to have to rent your telephone from the telephone company from British Telecom at the time. Oh, that's nice. And you'd have to pay a fee to have a phone in your home, not just to use the line, but the actual device. You would have to pay money for that phone. So when the council, as it was, came in and said, your son's now registered blind, Mrs. Scott. Here you go. Here is your box of joy, including a big button phone. My first thought from my mum was, I can save money on my phone because I can get rid of that phone now. I'm not paying a weekly fee for it because they've just given me a phone for free. This had been unheard of. I know it sounds ridiculous these days, but honestly, then it was like, we don't have to pay for this. That's incredible. What a lovely rags to riches story. Isn't it? Thank you very much, Mr. Scott. <laughs> that, was, that was basically it was just any way to save money in our family. I was mean, nothing. I had nothing. All um, right, calm down. Yes, it was uh, 
quite cool. But no, as I say, I do like, I just personally like having a desk phone and it's a proper big desk phone with coily cable, you know, and all that stuff. I like that. So what color me, is it? Oh, it's probably black. They all are, aren't they? I mean, it's just a, it's your standard office type phone from a company that starts with Y, what, Y-Link or something it's called. I don't know. Uh, okay. But lots of companies doing this now and lots of, um, because, because so many people work from home, there are lots of self-employed people who want to have the phone, and you can actually get really smart ones now with Microsoft Teams integration and all kinds of stuff. Uh, but of course, you know, for us, you just know that's not going to be accessible. So, nope. you know, I just want to make a call. I just want to make calls. And for whatever reason, my mobile provider does a terrible job, a terrible job of international calls. So I, for that reason, I'm always using yeah. WhatsApp or whatever. And that's fine if you can get people there. But the times you want to contact an organization or whatever, you just want to call and talk to someone. And that's why I got it. I'm not justifying this to you. If I want to have a landline well, phone, you are. I am very... going to have a landline phone. All right. Well, yeah, knock yourself out. Next, you'll have, have red braces on. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird desk setup this is. He's got a phone from the 80s and half a keyboard lying there. It's like, oh. I don't know, Tim Burton uh, directed this particular episode of <laughs> this desk. <laughs> it's a tech show, honestly. Not so let's get to the news. Yes, internet news. Uh, and that There's sound effect internet. is perfect, <laughs> definitely timed. Uh, so, yeah, big story this week. And I think this is going to uh, create a lot of controversy uh, because something I think I predicted this. I, I just want to put it out there. I predicted they would do this. And uh, it seems that they are now doing it. Uh, Amazon are thinking at the moment that in the near future, it's uh, Lady A voice assistant will offer enough value that, wait for it, customers will be willing to pay a subscription fee to use it. <gasps> no. Mm-hmm. Um, after Amazon's devices mm. event last week, when the company showcased all the new generative AI features it's developing, Bloomberg asked Dave Limp, who is the SVP of devices and services at Amazon, if there will be a time... When uh, Lady A's AI features will require a subscription, the executive responded, yes, we absolutely think that. Oh, That well, seems pretty unequivocal, right? I think, I think we could it's be... It's not very vague. It's not very vague at all, <laughs> no. Uh, so, of mm. course, all the features we heard about were things like, you know, these new AI features that include, you know, the ability to have a back and forward with Lady A, um, showcasing its own opinions on a favourite sports team or whatever, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but of course, the cost is the key, right? And and I said I said this months ago that you know there may be a time when Lady A will cost us money, and the question is, will people pay? Okay, if you if you need to subscribe to something, there needs to be something offered. I mean, what 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 is the offer here? I mean, uh, just using the smart speaker as is the features we have now. Is that enough to warrant a subscription? I don't think so. There's got to be something extra. I assume that, you know what, this is going to be bundled in with your Prime subscription. Which will also be raised. That will be the selling point why it keeps going up as it is, yeah. Um, Aren't they charging now for special day delivery and stuff? They're doing all that now, is that not a thing? Yeah, there is something, yeah. Amazon recently bought the um, a new AI company, didn't they? I can't remember the name of it for the life of me at the minute, but it's another big player, as, you know, like OpenAI is. Um, so they really are doubling down on the AI side of things, but I can't see a reason for a subscription. 
I honestly can. It's, there's got to be something on offer. That just having the ability to control your smart home, for example, that's not enough, is it? What would you be willing to pay for? Again, I think you're right. I think if, if it feels like you're just paying for the same thing you already have, then I think a lot of people may feel that's not um, that's not appropriate. The question is, though, how are no. they going to work it? Is it going to be completely cut off to people who don't pay? Because that feels awkward. Maybe a bit awkward. I mean, I will say though, maybe the solution is they have what is available now as Lady A, the way it works currently, which is basically to send you to the weirdest websites for answers to things. You know, yes. you, you, sometimes it's like you know. Uh, uh, t- tell me, tell me about the color blue. Well, according to nohair.com, uh, you know, and there's <laughs> it's like, where did that come from? Why is this website that it's referencing? Uh, so maybe that will be the sort of baseline, and then whatever the new features are will incur a cost. I mean, it was interesting because I, I think we saw a little bit of a hint of this, and this is just me being suspicious. But when they talked about the let's chat feature. That seemed like something you invoke separately. It's not part of the main system, right? We picked up on this when we were watching the event, that this is separate. You kind of almost dip into that Let's Chat feature. And for those who missed that, essentially this is where you go into the, to me anyway, it seems like the the entry point into the new generative AI feature. So instead of rolling it out completely onto every device that's just there and active, you would almost opt into it using the Let's Chat command. And then at that point, you're sort of inside this, almost like a skill, right? Where you're talking to Lady A, she's responding to you, having a conversation back and forward. Very like Call Annie that we've talked about. That's how it felt to me. Um, yeah. But, you know, maybe that will be walled off. Maybe that's the bit, that's how they'll do it, is they'll wall off those parts and say, if you pay your subscription, then you'll get access to that feature. Which, of course, the good thing about Lady A is that once you're sub, 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 I can't say that word subscribed sub, 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 that was easy difficult for me to say uh, subscribed <laughs> to that particular feature then you'll be able to just use it right it's not going to just block you but if you ask to use it currently uh, then it might say to you hey if you upgrade your subscription you can access this I mean, I, that might be the way they do it yeah but if if they don't roll out generative AI across the board for their smart speaker they're going to be left behind. So there needs to be that conversational, the ability to understand even better what you're saying and the context of what you're saying, the question you're asking, the command you're given. That's got to be the core of the smart speaker as it is. Mm. And to have another bit like, okay, now you can have a a friendly conversation if you invoke the let's talk. I'm going to call it a skill as well because that's exactly what it is. It was exactly like an open AI skill, which we've already seen on the Lady A smart speaker already. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This is really odd. I think there's got to be something rolling out with it to justify the price of a subscription. I don't know what that's going to be, but um, mm. don't know. Interesting. Lynn on X says, personally, I use my iPhone and iPad more often these days. So if they start charging, I'll have two dots to take to the electric recycling and we'll be removing the Lady A app from my devices. Again, I, I think, think it depends people, on... A lot of people have feel that. Yeah, but I think it depends on what is going to come out. You know, it's interesting because we're getting close to the point of the year where we're just about to tip into the optional paid-for updates for Envision glasses. And I think this will be an interesting marker. It's a bit different. I get that. It's not the same thing. But, you know, what you're looking at here is a service that is currently available. If you've bought the Envision glasses, you have the features that are coming out today and up to the end of this year. 
And as of next year, you can opt in to pay. You don't have to pay it, but you can opt in to pay a subscription. And that subscription will get you access to all the new features coming next. And I've looked at some of the features that have come out this year with Ask Envision, uh, also the new accessible QR codes feature that's come in. And it seems they've brought a lot out already. Um, you, you almost feel you should have held that back till next year, you know, and then but put it under ideas. the subscription. That's no, fine. Give it away. Yeah, now. I know. I know. I mean, it's great, and and I'm I'm really glad they're doing that. But it also makes me wonder what is next, what will come. So you know, I just think it's very interesting to see how this will develop. You know, subscription is becoming a part of everything. I even had a story. I think it was debunked as as a bit of a myth, but there was a story going around that BMW were charging people for a subscription to get their heated seats working in their car. That's absolutely true. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think it was. I think it was debunked. I think the story was debunked, but I think it was something that had ha- perhaps been initially an idea put out there. And of course, most people were just like, are you serious? It was, it was absolutely a thing. Mm. I mean, it's not like it's a made-up story, but maybe they did roll back on that. But the point is, and it's exactly the same as Tesla and, and all the car manufacturers are going this way, all the actual, let's say, hardware itself is just built in because it makes production cheaper. They don't have to do different yeah. uh, build processes for different cars. So everything's there. It's just software locked. So you buy... You know, I want heated seats, so I will buy heated seats. And you simply flick a button, flick a switch, and you've got heated seats. It's all software-based, and that's the way it's all going to go. It's the same as Tesla and the self-driving option, right? You pay an extra $10,000 or whatever it may be, and they just flick a switch on their side, and suddenly you've got self-driving. Yeah, um, which, which is good in a way, right? Because from a marketing, well, from a marketing point of view, it's it's, it's great for the company because they can sell all these new features. But from a production point of view, the company can actually cut back on the cost of production, which in theory should bring down the cost of the vehicle. I'm not entirely convinced that always happens. But the, the aim, I think, is sometimes to get the cars out the door cheaper. And this could be the same for anything, really. It could be computers, TVs, anything else. Get the, the hardware out the door easier and cheaper. Yeah. And therefore, you can just add the features and monetize those. I think that's the bit of the story with Amazon that perhaps they didn't get quite right at the start. Because as we know, last year, they had major money issues when it came to this. And the division was even at risk of being pulled altogether because they just couldn't afford to run it. So it's difficult. It is always difficult to bring in a subscription model to, to anything, no matter what it is. Um, it's one thing to have a subscription model raise the price. Yeah, people will grump and moan about it, but you know they'll kind of get over it because if they want it, they'll keep it. They, there's a value that's been attached at that point. Whereas if it's always free. been free, that's <laughs> yeah. difficult. That's a challenge. It is. Um, mm. Let's uh, go to some of your emails. Uh, ben got in touch regarding a query that we had around uh, one of the, the, the features I think that we had on the show and um, what was it? It was related to voiceover gestures in different countries. Yeah, this was something that came up a couple of weeks ago. Hi, Stephen and Sean. Love the show. Keep up the great work. Just a quick email regarding Des's recent comments where he asked Sean to make sure he considers different countries when voiceover gestures. To clarify, there are no differences. Someone must have modified Des's gestures because by default, there are no voiceover specific gestures to go to the home screen or app switcher. I suspect someone may have assigned these, thinking they will be easier than using the standard one-finger flick up from the bottom of the screen. All the best, Ben from Australia. Yeah, thanks, Ben. I mean, that, that does clarify it for us. I was kind of wondering if there was an issue there. Um, 
Yep, I did some research on this afterwards because it, it didn't make a lot of sense because iOS, part of the, the joy of iOS is the uniformity of it. So I did uh, reach out to some of my Australian friends. And yeah, that's um, that's not um, the default behavior. But Des did say, you know, this is, I, no one's touched my phone or I haven't touched my phone. So it shouldn't... Um, it shouldn't be behaving like this, basically, Des. Um, ben, you are absolutely right. I would check your custom gestures. Maybe someone has gone in and changed the custom gestures for certain things. But um, no, they should be the same wherever you are in the world. Yeah, we've got a feature coming up about that. One of our lovely listeners got in touch all about the whole kind of changing gestures. This could be useful to you, Des, but also useful to other people who want to create their own. I, I must admit, it's an area, so many features inside accessibility now and there are some that you just don't ever go near for fear of either setting something up you forget about that's often my thing i do this a lot i set something up like that and then completely forget i actually changed my notification not notification what do you call it navigation style on my iphone from flat to grouped yes and um because flat's the default which basically means you can just swipe you know from the top of the screen all the way through um but grouped uh, I thought it would do, it would maybe solve some of the issues that I was having where, for example, if you were on X, happens on Mastodon, sometimes happens on some other apps, especially if you're going through a long list, it will sometimes almost let the wheels come off a little bit, you know, of the track and you end up on the, the tab bar at the bottom of the screen. Yes, rather than carry on down yeah. the list. Yeah. And you've got to yeah. kind of tap back onto something and then try and get focus on it to keep it moving down the list. And I thought that... Uh, you know, grouped notification navigation would fix that, but it didn't. So, hmm. isn't it more like a Mac experience at that point? Is it almost like you're going through the various areas of the screen? Isn't yeah, there's it more explore by touch required. That's the problem with it for me. Is that if you're hmm. using the screen, you know, I'll say this: you know where you are, right? And you're stuck inside that. So if you're at the top bar where it's telling you back and the name of the app, and then maybe an edit button or something then you'll only be able to go between those elements. And then you would explore by touch to get to the to the list content. And then you oh, would be able right. to swipe there. And if you want to get to the tab, you'd have to take your finger to the bottom. Even even using four finger, uh, you know, tap at the single tap at the bottom of the screen, at the top of the screen will only take you to the top item in that particular part of the screen. In the current group that because you're Because it's grouped on. up, yeah. So Makes good. sense, but doesn't mm. sound... Very useful. I don't know. It's like anything, whatever you get used to, I suppose. I think that would work really well on the iPad, actually. I think that might be a better way to navigate the iPad. There must be a way to do it, though, because what if you're using a separate controller, such as a Bluetooth keyboard? There must be a command to jump between groups, right? Is it just the rotor going between containers? If it is, that would be very irritating. Very quickly, Mm. right? Because your, your, your rotor always changes depending on what it's looking at. So... Yeah, I don't know if I like that idea. I set up my custom gestures for, so that a two-finger swipe to the left or right would jump either to the previous heading or the next heading because headings is the thing I most commonly use to jump through everything. Mm. And um, it's funny, though, I set that up and you tend to forget. And again, it's why I say about the joy of uniformity and the sort of curse of Android um, mm. is that you, you can never be sure that I grabbed my partner's phone the other day and I'm swiping with two fingers to the right, trying to get to the next. I'm, What's wrong with this? It's, this is terrible. You've broken it. But of course, it's not. That's not the default behavior. It's because that's the default behavior on my phone. But 
not in iOS as general. So you, you tend to forget when you make these changes. That's the only thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, look, uh, let's get one more voicemail before we, or email, I should say, from uh, Camille before we move on. A while back, Sean complained about the excessive dialogue that the Fire Stick gives out every time you pause and resume a show. Here is how you can turn it off without going back to the home screen and then choosing settings. Simply, simultaneously hold the back and menu buttons until voice view is being announced as being turned off. Repeating this manoeuvre will resume voice view. Stephen's idea of having AMI available to everyone, that is the entire English-speaking world, is a great idea. We here in Canada can watch Coronation Street, so why not have the UK watch AMI? On the topic of what visually impaired can and cannot do, my eye specialist could not believe it when he saw me using my iPhone without looking at it. I would have thought that an educated person, and one that takes care of visually impaired people, would have been aware that, yes indeed, we can do more than using a white cane or be guided by using a guide dog. How do we educate the population at large? Shows like Double Tap are great, of course, but I'm afraid that there are not a lot of sighted people watching or listening. What if AMI was to reach out to influencers such as Stevie Wonder or even Bono from U2? Just a thought. They could let the video providers know we need more and better video description as an example. Thanks, Laura, for reading our emails. Thanks to Sean and Stephen as well for the informative content that you provide us every day. Camille from Regina. Thanks, Camille. Good to hear from you. Um, Yeah, it's an interesting one when it comes to attitudes and awareness and who should know. Yeah, I think the biggest problem we have in our world today is assumption. There's a heck of a lot of assumption going on. Everybody assumes. And, you know, I think we assume that sighted people just get things. Sighted people assume that we can do nothing. <laughs> you know, there's so much <laughs> assumption going on. And it was interesting because I saw just uh, yesterday, maybe day before, I saw the UK government set up this big uh, campaign called Ask, Don't Assume. And, you know, the usual advocates who I expect would get a bit rattled by this, you know, the same people who, by the way, encourage everyone to ask you questions uh, are the same people who seem to be against this for some reason. I don't know if it's just because the government are involved. I, I have no idea. But I, I find it rather interesting. I think also partly because, uh, without getting too political, uh, the UK government of the day, shall we say, haven't been the most friendly to disabled people. So I think that may be... And that's putting it very mildly. Very um, mildly, yes. But uh, yeah, without getting into all that, I think there, there is a real question about how we educate people and, and whether or not it's just... I, I often feel, I know I've kind of made this joke before about the sighted zombies. You know, you may, you may fix one, you get them sorted and they know all about blindness and then you turn around and there's another one. Yeah, and there's a horde. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> all coming out, you're looking for, you know, assumptions. Uh, not brains, but assumptions. No. Uh, I I don't know if you can. I mean, I think it's just it. it's just more exposure to various disabilities, right? I think mm. it's as simple as that. You, I I don't know. Do we have any sighted listeners? Would you expect that we should have sighted listeners? Um, I, I know we do. I know we do. I, I sometimes it's it's the incidentals or the bonus or whatever the word is yes. we're choosing bonus, to use. We like that. A bonus. bonus. The bonus people. The BVIPs, the bonus visually impaired people, honorary <laughs> HVIPs. Um, what was the one I, had, I thought of the other day? I, I had a shower the other day and I came out with this idea. And then, I, you know, immediately you think, this is either the best idea I've ever had or the worst idea I've ever had. Should I share this or no. not? Um, and I can't even remember what it is now, but it was something to do with the, the acronyms of visually impaired people and low vision and blind. 
I'll try and think about it during the break and I'll come back to you on that one. Uh, Oh, listen, uh, Meta Connect event happened, of course, yesterday. Uh, All the coverage of that is over on Access Tech Live, which you can, uh, by this stage, uh, you're either watching it or you will be going to it next. And if that's the case, then you'll catch up with me and Mark talking about that. You're on the show as well. How do we do this? We seem to manage to be in umpteen places at one time. It is incredible. It's magic. It's the power of media and uh, recording. Uh, but yes, uh, but we are live on TV. So if you are, do check out the Access Tech Live show, you'll be watching me, Mark and Sean. And we'll be talking about the Meta Connect event, the Be My Eyes, big news of Be My AI launching this week and uh, lots more besides. So all that coming up. Oh, and the launch of Sean of the Shed. It's being premiered. Now, you see, oh. a lot of you have been getting in touch saying there's no new episode on the podcast feed. I think I've worked out why. And I yeah, really the, should I really should pay more attention to these meetings I go to. Um, I was a bit surprised myself, but you know what? As ever, our listeners were absolutely correct. I need to stop that thinking about wrong. ways to, to buy food and eat it uh, during the course of these uh, meetings, I'm going to, to be perfectly honest. Uh, but yes, uh, the premiere of Shaun of the Shed is on uh, Access Tech Live and will be every month. So uh, if you've checked that out, you'll get a little taste of what's to come and then the full episode will drop on YouTube and on podcast two. So you can all cheer. Yes. There you go. Cheer. It's a brand new season. Shed. I forgot that bit. It's a new, it's a brand season. new season. We are terrible at this, aren't we? <sighs> yes, well. I mean, we are, we are terrible at our jobs. Don't right? Stop saying that. No, but we're not. I can't we're lie to people. <laughs> it's God okay. bless you, Mr. It's okay, we're blind. They'll think we're useless anyway, so it's fine. All right, stick around. <laughs> Up next, we're going to be talking about Android watches and more. This is Double Tap from AMI-audio. Email us, feedback at doubletaponair.com. Call us, 877-803-4567. And find us on social media, on Twitter and Facebook at Double Tap On Air. And now on Mastodon at Double Tap. Now, we've talked a lot on the show about watches. Of course, Apple Watch is the one that we tend to always focus on, right? Um, mm-hmm. There's also a Google Pixel Watch, and I have to say I am very intrigued by what will be coming out on October 4th from Google because they'll be announcing, hopefully, the Pixel Watch 2. And if they are, and it's got some nice new processing in there, nice, 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 new, 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 that would be nice because <laughs> uh, then it'll make it, you know, usable for those of us who want to use TalkBack on it. Um, True. And I think, to be honest, the biggest issue for a lot of Android watches has been processing power it's just not really been up there uh but hopefully that will change so we'll watch with interest on that now we got this message from uh it was an email we got from uh listener elijah massey who very kindly and spent a lot of time on this put together a review of a a smartwatch now explain this to me sean because you did the edit on this We, we actually trimmed this down a little bit because it was quite a long demo and we are working on ways at the moment to get more of our content up online so that you can go off and find all this stuff, especially longer content. Uh, we're going to play you part of it here. Um, but explain to us, because I'm trying to work out how this works, right? So this is this is an Android-based watch. And when I say that, I don't mean TalkBack, sorry, or even um, Android. I mean, I mean it's an... What am Android. I saying? It's a Google watch. <laughs> it's not... It's, it, it is... Uh, yeah, it's a Google watch, right? But it's not running Android Wear. And Elijah will explain this in the thing anyway, but the, the, it's running actually a full version of Android, in this case, Android 11, which means 
it's just like running it on a smartphone. It's like a smartphone on your wrist. I did do the edit on this, and Elijah, forgive me, but I did have to cut it down a little bit. But I was so impressed by this. And a lot of this is down to the work Elijah has done in making this accessible. Um, but this was really impressive. And i got to be honest, it kind of changed my mind on the Android Watch. Yes. Well, that this is what, what I'm quite interested in here. Now, this has been produced with an artificial voice using Amazon Polly. And he's also uh, been able to mix in the audio from the watch as well. So this isn't Elijah's voice, but this is Amazon Polly reading all this. Uh, it's about nine minutes long. So sit back, relax and enjoy this. And I'll be really interested to hear your thoughts on the Lempho smartwatch. Review and demo of the Lempho Lem 16 smartwatch. I think this watch can be extremely useful for blind people in several different ways. It runs a full version of Android 11. That's right, it's not Android Wear or Wear OS, but full Android, which means you can pretty much run any app you can on an Android phone on this watch. It has 6GB of RAM and 128GB of storage, and the performance is very good for a smart watch. The watch is round and about the size of an Apple Watch Ultra, with two protrusions on the sides where the band connects. The touchscreen is round and there is a small camera above the touchscreen on one of the protrusions. On the right side of the watch, from top to bottom, there is the power button, another camera, and the back button. Both buttons are rectangular, and the side camera is round and a little bigger than the front camera. There is nothing on the left side of the watch. The band feels like it's made of rubbery plastic, and it is two separate pieces. The watch supports cellular, in addition to Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, and GPS, and to insert a SIM card, you need to remove the band piece attached to the camera side by pushing the metal piece on the band towards the middle, pulling the SIM tray out with a fingernail, and sliding it back in after inserting the card. Unfortunately, this watch is very inaccessible out of the box, since among other things TalkBack is not installed by default, a lot of the stock apps have accessibility issues, and even the skin that the company puts on top of Android is pretty inaccessible. However, since Android is so customizable, I've been able to replace pretty much everything with regular Android apps and now it's a very accessible and usable device. This does take a lot of work, but it can be done with very little sighted assistance. I can create a tutorial if requested but for now I will demonstrate it as I have it set up. First I will unlock the watch by pressing the power button. 1535, T-Mobile. I will go to the top of the screen by swiping left and right. Collapsed, no active profiles for a four enabled tasker, window system UI. The first thing on the lock screen is notifications. Tasker is a third-party app similar to Shortcuts on iOS, and this is a status notification showing how many automations are active. I will now swipe through the lock screen. Expand, button. Collapsed, join notification, monitoring local network, YouTube notification, satisfied with this YouTube notification. Double tap. When there are more than two notifications, it will usually condense all but the first one into one item, and you can double tap this to view all of them separately. Alarm set for Thursday 9 o'clock, image. Bluetooth connected, image. Wi-Fi signal full. Phone three bars. Battery 96%. 1535. Wednesday, August 2nd. Unlock button. As you can see, the lock screen shows a lot of useful information about device status as well as the time and date. Double tap. Pin unlock. Lock screen. I have enabled pin unlock, so when I activated the unlock button, a number pad came up. Unlike the Apple Watch, I haven't found a way to only require the pin when I take it off my wrist, so I have to enter it every time. However, on this watch you can drag your finger around the screen and lift it up to type a number which definitely makes it faster. I will resume after entering my PIN. Device unlocked. Lawn chair. Assistant. Double tap to activate. Double tap and hold to long press. Actions available. Use swipe up then left to view. I am now on the home screen of the watch. 
It said Launcher because that is the custom launcher I'm using since the experience is way more accessible. The home screen is a grid of apps that you can arrange however you like. Bard Mobile. Double tap to activate. Reader. Double. Good Maps Outdoors. Scene Assistant Move. Clock. Double tap to activate. Double tap and hold to long press. Actions available. You swipe up then left to view. You can also get to an alphabetical list of all apps similar to what you have on an Apple Watch by swiping up with two fingers. Apps list. Search apps. Edit box. Double tap to edit. Amazon Alexa has one notification. Amazon Shopping. Amazon Store Card. Android Hidden Settings. Assistant. Audible. Auto remote. Double tap to activate. Double tap and hold to long press. To move faster through the list, you can swipe up with two fingers again. Clock, fit, Gmail. Double tap to activate. Magic sheet, Snapchat. It can be unpredictable how far it will move you, but a two-finger swipe down will scroll backwards. To get back to the home screen, you can swipe down with two fingers until you get there, or just press the back button. Home screen two of three. Home. Actions available. Assistant. To move between home screen pages, you can do a two-finger swipe left or right. Left should move you forward a page and right should move backward. Home screen 1 of 3. Play Store. Double tap to activate. Home screen 2 of 3. Assistant. Bard Mobile. Double tap to activate. Home screen 3 of 3. Audible. Double tap to activate. It's also very easy to move apps around the home screen. I will swipe up then left to go to Actions as Talkback said, then find Move Item in the menu. Actions. Shortcuts and Notifications. Remove. Double tap. Uninstall. Double. Move item. Move item. Remove. Double tap to activate. Launch air. Create folder with. Good maps outdoors. Home screen 2 of 3. Create folder with. Create folder with. Bar create folder with. Assistant. Double. Create folder with. Bard mobile. Double tap. Create folder with. Reader. Create folder. Create folder. Create folder with. Play store. Move to row 3 column 4. Double tap. Move to row 2 column 4. Double tap to activate. Item moved. Phone. Home screen 2 of 3. If a space is already occupied by an app, it will offer to create a folder with that app. Something very useful that I wouldn't expect to find on a smartwatch. Empty spaces let you move the app to that space. Now I will demonstrate playing books. Bard Mobile. Double tap to activate. Bard Mobile is normally not available on smartwatches, but since this runs full Android it works great. Bard Mobile splash screen image. Bard Mobile. Book is fully initialized. Bookshelf. I will find a book and open it. Title and author search. Search field. Today. Forward the foundation. Asimov. Eyes. More info. One week or before. The Silmarillion, Tolkien, J. R. R. John Ronald Rule Tolkien, Christopher, the 21st of July 2023, 23 hours, 27 minutes and 27 seconds. Double tap to select. This can pair with Bluetooth headphones, but the built-in speaker works pretty well for playing books, while the Apple Watch cannot play any media through its built-in speaker. Elapsed 0 minutes 0 seconds of 17 hours 9 minutes 3 seconds. Navigation, button. 0%, proc, sleep off. Sleep, button. Bookmark, button. Previous, button. Current level chapter jump by, button. Next, button. Rewind, button. Play, button. The Silmarillion by J.R.R. Tolkien. Edited by Christopher Tolkien. You can also pause or resume playback no matter where you are if you assign a talkback gesture to it, similar to the magic tap on iOS. I assigned a swipe up then right. 0367. Copyright 1970. Good Maps Outdoors is a continuation of the Sendero GPS apps, and it's free. It can announce your surroundings and give turn-by-turn -turn directions, as well as remember landmarks and record custom routes. Good Maps Outdoors. Direction North. Intersection ahead, on North Stone Avenue, 372 feet, 3-way. North Stone Avenue behind and ahead in West Plata Street left. More info. Routes tab. Double. Selected. Location tab. POI tab. Settings tab. Double tap to activate. Good Maps Outdoors has one notification. Seeing assistant move. Clock. Move it. Double. Translock. Uber. Lift. Gatewise. 
Seeing Assistant Move is another GPS app for the blind that works well. Move it and Transloc are apps for planning transit routes and getting directions during the trip, and they both work well on here. Uber and Lyft also work great. The Amazon Voice Assistant works very well on this watch, although sometimes I have to press the talk button manually in the app instead of saying the wake word. Amazon Alexa. What's the weather today? In Tucson it's 101 degrees Fahrenheit with mostly sunny skies. Google Assistant can be activated from anywhere. Okay Google. Google Assistant. What's the weather tap today? To tap to dismiss Assistant. Double tap to activate. It's sunny, with a high of 103 and a low of 79. This concludes my demonstration of the Lempho Lem 16 smartwatch. I view this as a complement to an iPhone and an Apple Watch rather than a replacement. While it has some health and fitness features, I have not figured out how to use them in an accessible way, and I would guess the features on the Apple Watch are more accurate anyway. Also, the Apple Watch is better at displaying a lot of information quickly with complications. I think you can put some widgets on the home screen accessibly but I haven't tried them yet. Some apps are not as accessible or usable as they are on the iPhone, and some apps like Blind Square and Seeing AI are not available on Android. Apple Watch apps are often simpler and easier to use than the full Android apps that run on this watch although they are often less capable as well. The other issue with this watch is battery life. Sometimes it can be as low as 4 hours with heavy usage, although it comes with a battery pack you can put on the back to get an extra full charge, and you can even wear it on your wrist with the power bank. Also, this watch has limited multi-touch support, so you have to use the angular gestures for talkback. In addition to what I demonstrated, messaging and VoIP apps work, as well as Chrome, YouTube, Gmail, and you can even use Google Docs, Sheets, and Slides. You can also get a $5 or $10 a month cellular plan from SpeedTalk for data, calls, and texts, and you can forward calls from an iPhone to the watch's phone number depending on your carrier, although you cannot access iMessage at all. You can also just use your iPhone as a Wi-Fi hotspot instead if you don't need calls. Google Lookout also works, although I haven't tested it as much yet. I would expect apps like Ira and Be My Eyes to work well too, although perhaps with lower video quality than an iPhone. Some cases in which I find this watch incredibly useful are checking where my Uber or Lyft is without taking out my phone, listening to books when I'm traveling, and using multiple GPS apps at once without running them all on my iPhone and having some get closed in the background. It's also a good backup if my phone dies or if I leave it at home. But you can use it for whatever you want since it's so customizable. I usually wear both this and my Apple Watch on separate wrists. Wow. <laughs> I don't know what else to say to that. But Wasn't wow. Um, Doesn't it really sort of show you, though, the limitations of the Apple Watch? Now, admittedly, it also sort of highlights some of the reasons for those limitations when you hear about a four-hour battery life. Mm. But I was really blown away by the capabilities of this because, uh, you know, part of the thing with my Apple Watch is I would love to listen to an audiobook on it. I would love to be able to use uh, Lady A voice assistant on it in, a, in a, a more usable way by listening to it on the speakers, on the built-in speaker of the Apple Watch and lots of other things. And having a camera, well, two, two cameras built yeah. into that, that watch as well. I, I just think, you know what, I would love to play around with this. And like, of course, the caveat is Elijah put a lot of work into making this accessible because out of the box, it just isn't. You know, no, no, not even TalkBack installed. This, so is, this isn't really something that you're going to buy. And unless you're someone who likes to tinker about with this stuff, it's not exactly. going to be something that you're going to... If you're thinking, oh, great, I can have an Android watch experience, yeah, temper those expectations a little bit. You, This is more a case of 
the art of the possible, isn't it? That's how it feels to me. It's like the art of the possible. Well, it clearly is possible with a lot of work, and if you know what you're doing, fine, but I'm not going to be able to do that probably. Um, I just no. I, I think it's really incredible what is capable. And actually, you know, it kind of goes back to that point I was making about power and processing power inside the device. You know, maybe it is powerful enough. It's just that it's the OS that's the problem. I think I said this a few months back. You know, is it the OS that's the problem or is it the processor that's the problem? And because, yeah. you know, sounding, I mean, that sounded fine. It sounded pretty responsive to me. They did, absolutely. Yeah. And just listen to the, you know, the, the audiobook playback there. It sounded mm-hmm. fine, sounded good. So, yeah, I was really, really impressed by this one, Elijah. I really enjoyed actually just listening to it. I had to listen to it quite a few times because I stopped editing and just listened to the whole thing. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Thank you. It is part of a much longer uh, feature, and Elijah's also offered, as you heard, to do a, a deeper tutorial in this, and that's something we may be interested in. I think if, if you are interested, let us know, and we will reach out to Elijah on this. Of course, he'll be listening here, but also we are working on ways to make our content more accessible to all of you uh, in those little chunks that you might want to go back and listen to. So we're working on that at the moment, and we'll give you more information as uh, we go along. Um before we go, uh, I just want to uh, thank everybody who gets in touch, but especially Elijah today for the work that goes into these demos and the time that you take and the fact that you send them into us is just so deeply, uh, we're so deeply grateful about that. Um, Absolutely. And, and and I guess we continue because Elliot's here with a review of uh, something he has just bought, new speakers. Hi, Double Tappers. Thought I'd just give my first impressions of my latest tech purchase, the JBL Authentics 200. The JBL Authentic range just released is, I believe, the first smart speaker to support both Lady A and Google Assistant simultaneously. Having both smart assistants available at the same time on the same device was definitely the main reason for my purchase. As well as the Authentics 200, which retails at £299 in the UK, there is also an Authentics 300, which is a portable speaker for £379, and an Authentics 500 for £559. Having not used JBL before, I found setup quite simple using the JBL One app, which is pretty accessible using VoiceOver on iOS. The speaker itself is quite large, with three dials on the top for volume, treble and bass. There is also a Bluetooth button and an action button, which you need to press during the initial setup. The speaker also supports Apple AirPlay and Chromecast. After the initial setup, you have to then add Lady A and Google Assistant, which was fairly simple. And you can also then add various music services in the JBL One app, which guides you through the process. I'm no audiophile, but the speaker sounds pretty good to me. And like I say, if you are so inclined, you can adjust the treble and bass with the dials on the top of the speaker. You can also do that in the app, I believe, but I found that wasn't so accessible. I've only had the speaker for a couple of days, but I have found some limitations with Lady A. For example, Apple Music doesn't seem to be currently supported, unlike on the native Echo speakers and the Sonos. Not sure I'll be switching to JBL entirely as I love my Sonos, but think having both Lady A and Lady G both available on the same speaker at the same time is an interesting development. Hope this email hasn't been too long. Elliot from a cloudy pool. Oh, cloudy pool. Oh, dear. Oh, Don't get in the cloudy pool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, <Leave> Elliot. <laughs> I, I've got to say, I, I absolutely agree. Having the access to both voice assistants seems like the best of both worlds, obviously. Yeah. But it's the limitations that third-party 
well, I mean, let's be fair, Amazon imposes on third-party users of their assistance. Uh, the ability to drop in is always the first thing that pops into my mind because I use that feature all the time. And a lot of the time, if you're talking about a third-party implementation of a voice assistant, uh, you can't do that in the Amazon's case anyway. And it's those sort of things that kind of annoy me. But, um, you know, as a general rule, yeah, obviously, access to both of them, great. Yeah, they sound quite interesting. That was the one I remember hearing about those. And JBL speakers are always very good. So, you know, the quality is always there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's funny because when you go into some stores, like I was in a, one of the major department stores, and, you know, you see all these big brands, Bang & Olufsen and Harman Kardon and all that. And I know that JBL is part of Harman Kardon, but it's it just interesting to see how they treat JBL. You know, it's treated as the almost like the, just the, just at the end of is a it? table. Yeah, I was like, surprised. Like the budget version, yeah. is it really? And, I always thought it was quite it's... premium. Well, I think so. And I think the quality is very good. Um, I mean, I love the the build, especially the JBL Go, which is a great little speaker. Um, I had a JBL Go, and then someone in the family said, hey, that's a really cool speaker, and I've never seen it since. So that was <laughs> the end me. of that. And that's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not you for a change. Uh, but actually, that's what kind of led to the purchase of the Bose Soundflex. Uh, and that now stays in a drawer uh, because there's a good chance that that'll be swiped as soon as someone sees it and says, hey, that would be cool. That sounds nice. Yeah, yeah. that's got a great sound. Buy your own. The first thing that popped out to me, that stood out to me about that excellent overview there was dials on the top. Yeah, oh, that's Dials, that's I know. That is... <laughs> yeah, but it makes total sense. Yeah, volume, Consider that next tone. to my phone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's interesting you talk about the Amazon limitations because in theory, at least, if Amazon start a subscription model, going back to where we began, if they go down the route of a subscription model, could it be the case that, you know, that is just going to entrench that division further? And they may even close it off to other services you know maybe just that you can only use it on amazon devices i mean you can kind of see the logic behind that right i mean why give it away but it's funny because apple have done this apple have gone the opposite on this actually you know there was a case with apple tv you had to have an apple tv box to get yes. apple tv and then they realized hmm this is probably not working the way we hoped let's just open it up to every device and it's all about selling subscriptions yeah yeah exactly it could it could invert again right it could be the case that actually with the subscription the devices are relevant maybe that's how amazon get around it because i I just the way i see this is they are trying to save money they are trying to save money and make money on the lady a product and the lady a product is not the device the device is just the vehicle to get her voice to you so it really doesn't matter how it gets to you well, I think Amazon's, the initial idea behind it was that it would traffic more shopping through the Amazon service itself. Yeah, no matter how right. we get there, we would buy things. And of course, that's how Amazon make their money. But that hasn't worked out. And I'll tell you why, because it's a terrible shopping experience trying to use a smart speaker. It isn't the best. Maybe AI could solve that, though, and we could go back to the original plan and do away with subscriptions. Hey, listen, I would happily shop on Lady A if it was just a bit better at doing it but it really yeah. it is not I mean yeah, the other day I had something I, I'd wanted to reorder something and it was a USB hub I wanted for my computer and I asked it to reorder it and it said oh you've got several of these you've had in the past here's one to be fair <laughs> yes and 
The second one was the one I wanted, and I couldn't find a way to get to tell it. I want to add that to the basket. It just added the first choice, but not anything else. And yeah. I thought, that's hopeless. Doesn't work well at all, and it's been long enough. Yeah. Uh, listen, more to come tomorrow on the show. Keep in touch. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. Thank you to Elijah today. Big thank you to you and to Elliot for your review of the JBL Authentics as well. And we're back tomorrow. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Bye-bye. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.